0: It's 8.51pm. The weather in New York City It's currently 40 degrees Fahrenheit, 4 degrees Celsius, 2% precipitation chance, humidity at 74%. It's cold, but not too cold.
1: Hello and welcome to Twin Peaks Peaks. My name is Ashley Brandt.
0: My name is Matthew Olson. Hello. We're in a new year. It's January 2021 when we record this. I'm, I'm covering because... I don't know exactly when I'll get it uploaded.
1: You know, new year, new podcast. It's only right.
0: New year, new podcast, no job. So I'll probably be able to get this up tomorrow if I want to
1: (laughs) You are your own master. And that's beautiful in some ways.
0: In some ways. In other ways, it's like, boy, I sure got a lot of time on my hands. So I'll feel guilty if I don't finish the podcast soon. Oh it's, man. A, it's, a new, it's a new challenge I've set for myself. I don't think I've recorded one of these shows since, oh, probably when we started it without a job, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, yeah,
1: yes. Or yeah. was did we record anything long distance when you first moved? I literally don't remember, but that's a possibility.
0: I think we might have done one episode or like a bonus, but even then I probably... I was probably working at the museum at that point or like freelancing. Um, cause that, that came online pretty quick. But yeah, you know, hey, top of the show. If you got, if you got, let's not, let's not say this for the end of the show. If you've got any job leads, <laughs> hit me up on Twitter. It's at Matthew Olson. That's Matthew with one T O L S O N. Uh, yeah, make it, make it happen. Um, it's the new year. And Ashley, I have a question for you. Mm hmm. What do you think the first number of the day of the year of our Lord 2021 was? One through 10, pick a number, swirl the numbers, et cetera. What do you think it was? Just give me a wild guess. Seven. Ooh, close. It was nine. It was nine.
1: Interesting.
0: David's still doing it. That's ostensibly why we're here doing this. Uh, weather reports and number of the day will continue on into 2021, it seems um david has started wearing a pretty cool hat (laughs) ashley if you can bring up just the youtube page right now i didn't want to like spoil this for you beforehand but if you can just bring up the david lynch youtube page and then kind of hover over one of the number of the days so you can see the preview image you can see david's cool new hat he's sporting in this (laughs) oh my god how Um,
1: exciting give me just a moment oh my god yes yes to this hat (laughs) this is it's like an all-white kind of it's kind of a cowboy hat it's kind of a modern take on a cowboy hat incredible me,
0: if you remember the goofy pharrell hat <laughs>
1: from oh a couple my of years god
0: ago. it reminds me of that a little bit but not as outrageous not like like his hat pharrell's hat was like the arby's hat <laughs> that they yeah, have as yes. the neon sign and and david's is a little bit a little bit more restrained but it's a statement and he's wearing it every day now for the number of the day
1: i'm obsessed um, this is great have you seen um we will talk about this because i watched this less than a week ago and i've watched it three times have you seen the holy mountain i have not there's a there is a hat in the holy mountain that is very like uh like an all white or an all black version of the pharrell hat so that's what he's giving me right now
0: got it got it um So yeah, David's still vlogging, I guess. Uh, What you're probably, if you're tuning in, more interested in hearing than about my job problems or um, David's hat (laughs) is Wisteria, which now has, seemingly has at least, a new name, uh, which is Unrecorded Night. So when we last checked in on the status of David's new Netflix project, we had the working title of Wisteria, and I believe at that point there had been maybe kicking around some some rumblings of the name unrecorded night but uh that has now been since we last recorded uh spotted in production weekly uh as the proper title uh with wisteria as the working title so it's gonna be 13 episodes episodes in in quotes let's say because there's still rumors of them being more like mini movies you know we don't need to get into the whole, is the return a movie thing? I think December on Twitter was was dominated quite enough by that. Um, and yeah, there's some other details here, some, some other hints as to who might be involved with this. What do you think of that name, Ashley? Unrecorded Night.
1: I mean, it's very intriguing. How about this?
0: When I say the name Unrecorded Night, what project of David's comes to mind first in terms of like giving you a similar vibe?
1: Um, honestly, blue velvet.
0: Mm, okay. What about you? Yeah. I was saying, or, or I was thinking to myself when I first read unrecorded night, I was thinking lost highway.
1: That's another. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh,
0: now, of course there's so much thematic overlap between most of his output. Um, I feel like, you know anything anything but maybe dune would be like a a normal seeming answer there is some speculation or rather probably just hope on people's parts uh because twin peaks productions incorporated is listed as part of uh you know the whole gamut of companies behind this project uh that this will be somehow related to twin peaks perhaps a spin-off but there's really nothing to go on in that regard but we do have one returning crew member uh ashley are you aware of who has signed on for unrecorded night
1: no please tell me
0: it will be and i'm excited about this it will be peter deming who was uh, david's director of photography on oh he's okay thank you to uh peter dom of welcome to for having the whole list here uh peter deming worked with david on on the air hotel room Uh, lost highway mulholland drive twin peaks the return
1: fantastic news
0: we have peter to thank for a lot of why uh david's again to not just fall purely in the auteur trap of everything that you see is david's brain but a lot of the actual things you see on screen look good thanks to peter so thank you peter and i'm excited for that um right now otherwise no no real hints as to who else is involved with this i think Um, If I'm missing anything, apologies, but you know, hey, we're just we're just here to record a podcast and shoot the shit. And as you'll learn if you continue listening, on basically not even talk about Twin Peaks today. We're going to talk about something completely unrelated a lot later.
1: I will say, I will say, in terms of Twin Peaks spinoffs, my mind immediately went to the Audrey Horne spinoff that we never got that became Mulholland Drive. And given, you know, the way that sherilyn fenn was quite underused in the return i think it would be great to see a version of that i'm you know is that the case i have no idea but it's a little seed of hope that i'd like to plant
0: i would certainly hope for better for audrey if this was if this was in any way related to twin peaks i'm like that's an area then i would like to see um uh fleshed out and addressed further i guess I, i've seen this idea kicking around and it's based off of some you know idle idle thing david said in response to an interview question like a year ago or something but how would you feel if this was a spinoff that took place in the like twin peaks universe that existed at the very end of the show after uh after sort of the diane cooper uh ritual, I guess let's call it, and then him meeting Carrie Page. Like what if it existed in that world?
1: Hell yeah. You know I <laughs> love the last 20 minutes of the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the best part of the finale for sure. Yeah. Oh
1: my god, I would love that.
0: I I think I mean the, the, and I maybe we we danced around this last time. Um but I don't think you could just do a fourth season, right? Cuz just we've lost so many people even since I think we last yeah. recorded david lander uh who wasn't in the return but um was was actually a great comedic presence in uh sort of those rougher episodes in season two and uh was part of on the air uh i believe it's just it would just be so hard but i could see some kind of thing where if you had certain principal returning cast members or even you know brand new characters that exist in this other realm uh, yeah you could get away with that
1: i i would be a huge fan like the reconciling of the cooper mythology with you know the version of laura the memory of laura i would be a huge fan of that
0: i guess spin-off or no spin-off like who who do you hope we see get involved with this project either like cast or crew wise like maybe we should ping pong back you know one each back and forth until we get tired of this subject and let's not drag it out too long oh my I God. Guess, but
1: um grace the
0: i was gonna say i was gonna say grace the first
1: <laughs> oh uh, i mean
0: yeah just put in so much killer work as sarah in the return i keep thinking about that and especially you know um
1: well and thinking about the the way the show ends on carrie page's scream is very reminiscent of so much of what we see grace the doing throughout yeah. the series
0: I am gonna say Madshin, uh, Amic, if only because and I know that she's on our now, I guess, underutilized uh, show art. Um but shally or no Shelly, um I watched I watched enough Riverdale to know that uh she can have a really fun time sinking her teeth into being like the villain in a piece or like at least like something of an antagonist and so it'd be also fun to see her used in a different way than shelly who you know was her own person and had an interesting relationship with bobby in the original show and then filled that interesting role as like both the mother and still sort of a teenager at heart in the return but it'd be fun to see her back in any capacity but also like what what if she got to be what if she got to be kind of a mean person?
1: I would also though like to see Dana Ashbrook.
0: Of course, if they're a pair, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're a group deal. Um, I mean Dana, I don't, I'm we we never really got into for a lot of the cast like what they did between the the show and then the return. But like, I don't I don't know what else Dana has done in recent years. But man, he was great as Bobby in in the return.
1: I remember he was on like the stars like TV adaptation of Crash and Um, I just believe in my heart that he deserves better. All right.
0: Now, okay. I gotta I gotta bring this one up. Uh Jim Belushi. (laughs) Jim Belushi needs to be in whatever David makes next. Um (laughs) The other day on Twitter, um Jim Belushi, who now owns a weed farm in California I believe um was like hey what are some good anime to watch i really like hayao miyazaki films and then like after asking for good anime recommendations was like many people told me that anime goes great with weed which is great cuz i've got it covered and it was like this amazing just like that's exactly what i want a celebrity to be on twitter is just like hey give me what are some good shows to watch while i get stoned on my name brand weed and then to follow that up someone was like someone quote tweeted that and was like so you know jim belushi used to be this punchline you know the implication he was always in his brother's shadow uh had a you know a sitcom that was popular but not like critically renowned um but now he's the guy who's just smoking weed watching anime and who was in the really good season of twin peaks and was awesome in it and everyone loves him and it's like you love to see it and then he replied being like this is a really sweet tweet you know it was really hard uh you know being in in my brother's shadow and trying to live up to his legacy and so so many respects and for all that and i'm just glad that people you know are on on my level now and are, are vibing it was the purest thing i've seen since we last recorded the show possibly within the last year i don't know so put belushi in unrecorded night that's that's my pitch
1: fully support and i i have to say apparently the um weed farm that he bought is in oregon and um it is in oregon and he was spotted at the portland protests sporadically uh in you know late summer early fall wow just just fully vibing like showed up and was just like what's up guys like what's everyone doing i have to say the vibes at the protest were very good despite what you would see in the news
0: that's good to know um and jim belushi if you're listening to this um you're you're a king and uh as soon as it's legal here please please send me some of your weed (laughs) uh do we want to keep doing this you got one more in the bank or should we move on
1: i have one more in the bank and this is just playing off of um i think our last episode that we recorded bring back moira kelly
0: Ooh, yes. Yeah, we went we went deep on, on Moira uh last time. Now but that, now that's interesting because if it was imagine if it was you know, this spin off idea in this other universe and she was playing Donna. Would that would that exactly. be acceptable?
1: Oh mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Oh my god, that would be really fun that would be really good tie in. That's like the version of Twin Pe- that's like the version of Twin Peaks, like for me specifically.
0: for that that's Ashley's ideal spinoff yes (laughs) um is the Moira Kelly led Donna focused alt timeline (laughs) spinoff I mean they so they do establish I think it's in the second
1: of the two books that Frost put out
0: um which I believe you have my copy still
1: (laughs) oh I I do I was cleaning earlier today and I have it (laughs)
0: um and we never did a we never did a show on it I guess that's you know Bonus content for down the line. Yep. But I believe there is an explanation as to what Donna was up to during the return in that book. Um, and it was pretty thinly sketched. I think, I think the, the answer was that she was living with, with her dad, Doc Hayward
1: yeah my mind my mind is spinning right now at the sapphic implications of it all so uh
0: well well let's end on that note and uh move on to the part of the show where we talk about other stuff that we're we're getting into should we just get straight into the big ticket item or should we talk about smaller things first
1: let's get into the big ticket item
0: so why don't why don't you lead it off
1: yeah, I um I got really into the game Hades for Switch. I know that a lot of people have been talking about it as the game of the year, and I noticed that you had started tweeting about it recently, because I know that you didn't end up writing about it for work, so you hadn't really, it sounded like, played it before recently. And um I have been completely unable to get into any games besides Animal Crossing, so this was a big surprise for me, but I um really became obsessed with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we haven't talked about like the process of how you got into it. We've just we just immediately left until like talking about like how fucking good it is. Um, but I guess I guess for for my benefit and for the listeners, like tell me a little bit more about like aside from Animal Crossing, like games you've tried to get into and and maybe why you bounced off of them, and then why this one pulled you in the way it did.
1: That's a good question. I mean, as a child like every other you know gay child i was into the sims and that was about it um my younger brother has always played um uh, nintendo games he's had you know the wii and like the game boys and all of that stuff and i've just like never gotten into it i've never been particularly good at video games um and i didn't expect to get into a fighting game but honestly this was on sale uh in the Nintendo eShop and I was like, "Huh, I keep hearing about this and might as well give it a try." And I've downloaded um I I did play Gone Home um mm-hmm. in college we had talked about that a little bit, but even that like it didn't really have the same hold on me and I've tried um Civ Civ for Switch, I cannot play. The interface is so annoying. But I've, um, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, I'm astounded my roommate who is in the other room and can maybe hear me like has been playing this long long campaign on Civ for Switch and I don't know how she does it because I find the interface just impossible to navigate. But yeah. um Hades is it, you know it drops you in basically like in media res which is I think you know it, it's pretty cool it introduces the gameplay to you very quickly and then from there like the world and the story is so big and i told you the other day i think i'm you know 70 percent ish done with like the big you know milestones you need to reach to reach the final ending of the game but at this point i'm really content to just dick around uh because there's just so much more story left to discover
0: yeah um so so to throw out some things that might sound a little bit like buzzwords to some of the the listeners or or even to you like this this game Hades was created by Supergiant Games uh or Supergiant Productions Supergiant I just think of them as that team or the Bastion team uh Bastion was a game their first game that came out like a decade ago now um it was part of this maybe towards the tail end of what we would call the early wave of like downloadable indie titles that you could get on console right like teams you know around like 10 people maybe even less Meteor experiences not like a grand theft auto but substantial and 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 highly produced and that would you would buy primarily just as a downloadable title bastion was a isometric top down so this sort of like you know diagonal view of the grid right um action game uh, where you had a variety of different weapons and so forth uh, and you could kind of customize your 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 build based around that stuff a little bit uh, and it had a pretty novel like storytelling approach uh, there was a lot of stuff involving a narrator and so forth and that was a really great game and I loved it when it came out and then they did another game called Transistor and then another game after that called Pyre and those were both as well like pretty uh, well-received Namely, because you know, on top of being beautiful and like uh really well designed um their stories, and then they announced and simultaneously launched, and I'm doing air quotes around launched hades in I believe late twenty eighteen because it before it came to switch uh as the full release, they put it out on p c as an early access game um and the reason kind of they got away with doing that and why they even pursued doing it in the first place is because hades is not just a game with a beginning, middle, and end. You play through, uh, the term is roguelike in this case, or roguelite because you can actually keep your progress, but you play through the same areas over and over and over again. You face the same bosses, uh, and you're really trying to just finish these runs, and then as you get better and better at it, like do faster runs, do it with different weapons, different combinations of powers and so forth, um, and people were like, you're making one of those, like you, the really good story team is going to make, you know, this thing that is more, you know, in the traditional sense of like, what's your best score kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of gameplay. Uh, but as you said, it's really big because this is a story about, uh, the Greek pantheon and particularly Hades, uh, and his, kind of brat son Zagreus who wants to leave the underworld and so all of the dying all of the multiple runs and stuff is actually part of the story like the game is incredibly good about acknowledging things that you've done like ways you've succeeded and ways in which you failed to the point where characters will talk about the thing that just killed you in your previous run and make you feel like a (laughs) fucking idiot um (laughs) and that all builds to you know that that all contributes to the overall story which is a thing that basically no other game has managed to pull off
1: yeah there's also like a huge cast of npcs that you interact with i don't know if npcs is the real term here but yeah it would be you know.
0: yeah they're, they're not player npc being not player character yeah or non-player character yeah,
1: yeah but it's it's huge and you can deepen the relationships with literally all of these different characters there must be well over a dozen of them and um a lot of the non-greek god characters that you interact with there's like a theme of broken relationships and um repairing them which i find very compelling
0: most most centrally perhaps uh that between zagreus and his father um
1: zagreus and his father orpheus and eurydice uh achilles and Patroclus, like
0: it- I just, I just got to the point where Patroclus actually, like, you you get his name in the thing, so like I got a long ways to go with that guy. <laughs> um, oh man, mechanically, like tying progress in your runs and progress with your like prowess in the game to also making progress just in this story front. So you may you you may fail, you know. Uh, at the final boss of a run, but maybe you talked to Patroclus in that uh, in that run, or maybe you um encountered let's say Athena and made an offering to Athena and strengthened your bond with one of the gods that way um, you're always making little bits of progress both in terms of like your you know your player power level and also the story so even though the other day, for instance i failed at the final boss three times in a row, which was, I was very steamed. Um, like I was still progressing all that good stuff you're talking about. I put it down as my number 10 and my top 10. Uh, that's on my old, my old website, my old job. Um, but if I had played it earlier in the year, yeah, it would probably be higher up on the list. It would be top five for sure. I don't know if it would take my number one spot, but it's, it's damn good. And it was our site wide game of the year. Um, yeah. I mean, what is, I guess, like, what's your favorite story thread that you're pulling out right now? And and for the listeners who are like, I don't know about this video game stuff, or like, they don't know about this particular game, like, what's, what's working? I guess, what about like, you know, your favorite part right now is working most for you as a, as a game, right? So maybe it's the relationship between, say, like, Zagreus and Thanatos, but like, how is it being a game making it more compelling to you
1: how is it being a game making it more compelling to me i i think it's i think like the most recent like dots i connected was the theme of broken relationships you know with orpheus and eurydice and with um achilles and patroclus and uh i also realized uh nixon chaos was one that i very recently um sort of started to uncover within the game um, as well as uh, Persephone and Hades and I think that you know there are reasons to deepen these relationships uh, within the game like you know not rewards necessarily like you don't get a certain amount of in-game currency for reuniting two people who've been separated but It's it's weird, like, there are all these characters that are being punished by Hades, and you're, like, building these relationships with them throughout the run, and yeah, like, they're there to, like, help your character and, like, offer them things before boss battles, but there is something, I think, very compelling about the fact that, like, the character you are playing as, like, bratty and, like, fully developed as this character is, like, is moved to help these characters specifically in this like very human way.
0: I, I think to that point, like if it's not anyone specific relationship that, that, you know, um, and it, oh God, the, the, the shipping community for this game and the, the, the wider fandom and everything is, is already so, so large and wild. Um, so there's like, we,
1: we do stand a bisexual King.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, There's there's, in a sense there's like there's something for everybody here you can kind of you can kind of say that about this but taken as a whole you have all these relationships that you and this is not really wading into spoiler territory but like you're making your way through hell but you're going to see these people again and again and again and for it to be this thing that actually um Changes not only over time, but changes based on the inputs and the effort you put into it, so like you might have a choice at one point, like, am I going to take this door to go from this room and get a a a boon from Zeus, like maybe maybe I'm trying to build out my character such that I get all these crazy lightning powers to my advantage, or uh not that this wouldn't you know have other benefits, but maybe I see a door to Eurydice and i know that i had just talked to orpheus about how how uh uh sad and fucked up he is about that thing he did <laughs> um yeah you can you can make that choice to then go to eurydice and advance the story that way and the game by and large is really good about respecting that you did something in that regard so that the next time you see orpheus you will have new dialogue to be like hey like maybe you two should try to mend things somehow um And that's all really exciting and cool. And it's a thing that you couldn't really do, you know, you couldn't get away with uh, just showing the same shit over and over again, I think, in a TV show and just being like, hey, like, we're just going to, this TV show is going to be set in the same four (laughs) chunks of hell. (laughs) And you're just going to watch this dude biff repeatedly. But the characters are all really good. Like, it's one of those things where actually, you know, the very tried and true formula of just like hey this is kind of a power fantasy you're going through you're testing your own limits and testing your own abilities in this game suddenly does like provide a scaffolding for really interesting storytelling if you know how to use it if you don't think it has to simply be hey beginning middle and end like here's your hero's arc or whatever It's all about you like um if you if you think a little bit more creatively there's a lot of of room to mine there which is really exciting
1: um yeah totally and i think at the same time if you wanted to play this and you just wanted to keep powering up your character i think you could do that totally
0: totally i i don't know if you've watched any yet but like there are speed runs of this game that are completely mind-blowing to to watch um there's a really good one i believe that IGN uploaded that has commentary from some of the developers. And it's someone seeing how fast they can get through the game starting just from the very first run. So they don't have oh, any shit. they don't have any like special things like that they're carrying forward into this run. They're starting from scratch with like the lowest amount of health. They can't like use all of their abilities. They don't even meet like they don't even have the potential to meet all of the gods along the way
1: so that's wild
0: um seeing someone beat it on their first run i'm like wow i'm really terrible at this game because it took me like 30 tries uh just to get one done but yeah that's hades everybody should check it out if they're inclined to play video games it's on i believe pc mac and switch at this point
1: yeah it's um and if you don't like video games or not if you don't like them if you are not a gamer i think it's pretty accessible there's also a god mode that has really helped me out and it's honestly nice that dying is part of the game. I per you know, I personally don't feel like a huge failure every time I have to start a run over or something like that.
0: So yeah, that's Hades. Uh and How many
1: how many runs have you completed?
0: I think at this oh, oh, like successfully?
1: Yeah, or both. Both uh, stats.
0: I think successfully I'm at 6 or 7 and total i'm at like 42 or something my goal my goal is to get to 10 successful runs before i hit 50 total attempts and so i might i might go a little bit easier on myself in terms of stacking on other difficulty modifiers uh to try and accomplish that goal and i might stick to some tried and true formulas of like character builds uh to yeah. get to that goal cuz i one cuz i would just like to see the the quote unquote ending um before too long uh because even a game as good as this like if i get sufficiently distracted i'll i'll just fall off of it and have a hard time picking it back up um but it would make me feel good to get it under 50 total attempts uh what about you
1: i think i'm close to 60 i'm definitely over 50 i've completed seven six of them are with the same weapon so i really cannot keep going down that road because they do make it so that the more you use the same weapon the harder each run has to be yeah and i have stacked so many difficulties on the fists at this point i (laughs) cannot do it again (laughs) yeah the only Uh, other time i've i finished it was with the gun so
0: yeah the, the gun which is great in this game they in in terms of putting a, a a gun in this game about you know Greek myth, uh, they treat it like this weapon that all the gods are like lock this shit up. Don't <laughs> mortals <laughs> should not have anything like this. It's scary. It puts the fear of God in us, and we are God. So like don't don't let any any Yahoo pick this thing up. It's fun. On on a another video game note, I guess I'll put a brief shout out in here for it because I just uh finished watching my partner play through it and it's another game where I feel like you you couldn't tell the story it tells in another medium because the act of participation and the actual gameplay loop is so essential to telling its story um is this really great game called Outer Wilds it's on slightly more things I think you can get it on Xbox PlayStation PC I'm not sure about Mac. It's not but...
1: on Mac cuz I did look this up after ah. your partner tweeted about it and I was mad I couldn't play it.
0: Yeah. It's a shame that it can't go on the Switch, but I think it would make a Switch explode. <laughs> this game takes place in a really tiny solar system. We're talking about like the the distance between like the two furthest planets is like maybe 30 kilometers. Um so these are tiny spherical, you know, planets. Uh, rendered in 3D, you, you explore in first person and you can, um, you know, get in your ship and fly around to them. Um, but it's, it's sort of an open world and everything is modeled with like an approximation of Newtonian physics. So um, all the gravity is kind of, you know, as true in a simulation sense as it can be. So you can, there are certain planets where you can go down to the center of the planet Um, And then there's no gravity acting on it. Well, rather, you're in zero G then, because it's not that you're being pulled toward the center of the planet, but that the rest of the planet is pulling equally around you and creating this pocket of zero gravity, right? So like that stuff is really cool just mechanically. Um, But also, it's got a Groundhog Day time loop thing going on. So every 22 minutes, a thing happens, which I won't spoil here, that resets your progress and much like hades you would think well shit like what am i supposed to do with 22 minutes how could you possibly get that much story across but um almost like you know just like a really fucking good version of mist or any of those older adventure games like that loop is essential to figuring out the entire story of the solar system which means both the story of your species, which is this little, you know, group that basically lives on one planet that just launched its space program. And, like, their spaceships are made out of, like, repurposed parts and wood. And, like, they're basically tin cans um, with rockets strapped on. But also this species that existed in your solar system long before uh, your your species, like, ever, you know, gained consciousness or whatever. Um, They left all these ruins. They left a bunch of text that you can translate. um, And they were trying to solve some grand mystery. And by repeating the time loop over and over again, basically everything in the game becomes becomes a puzzle. Traversal is a puzzle. How do you get to this part of this planet? How do you get into this locked room and all this stuff? Um, And as you solve these things you know you're just continually building up this base of knowledge and that's all you're collecting along the way you're not collecting items uh you're not collecting like permanent buffs like you are in hades you're just learning more about the world uh and it basically goes that way all up until the very ending um and that's like again that's a kind of thing where like you could only really make that odyssey feel personal and I'll just leave it at that like I think you can really only achieve that effect if if you are the active participant in it in a game and like you know that some of those time loops you accidentally piloted your ship into the sun and you died and you were like well <laughs> then I just had to go do it again Um but that that makes that journey um, feel so unique to to yourself and the game's really good about also like you can go literally in any direction you want from the start like everybody's time through that game will be slightly different and they will come to realizations about the world uh at different rates um so if you have a playstation or an xbox or a pc you should play that fucking game i like i don't care if you're here to listen to us talk about david lynch stuff and if you hate video games you should play that game because it might change your mind outer wilds for anybody was like what's the fucking name of that game matt
1: oh you are really really making me want to play this game (laughs) and i uh i'll find a way
0: i'm sure you'll find a way um i mean at some point the older xboxes and playstations that could still play this game got to be like dropping in price
1: i think i mean but that's that's the thing is like i don't play enough games to like justify a new system i gotta find a way to run this on my mac but maybe i'll have an update about that at a later date
0: maybe um, I have one other brief thing that I just want to shout out because it's really good and I don't want to give you the, the whole sell on it, but there is a Twin Peaks connection. Um if you are an HBO subscriber and you have not yet watched How To with John Wilson, it is one of the best TV shows made in probably like the last five years, I would say. Um Absolutely. It's by Nathan Fielder. Uh, much of it was filmed in my neighborhood, which is pretty surreal, but there's a great shot, I believe in the first episode, of Kyle McLaughlin oh trying to swipe his uh, he, New York City Metro He's also in card. just a
1: great, a great sweater, great glasses, just a look. Yeah,
0: you. If you're a Twin Peaks fan, you've probably already seen this floating around, but like this, they don't call attention to the fact at all in the show that this is Kyle McLaughlin struggling to swipe into the New York City subway. It's just, a, just it's just a clip of him that happens to have been captured uh, by John Wilson uh, for the show, and that just it, it it took me a moment when I first saw it to realize like oh the shit that's Kyle like oh my god it's, it's actually a deeply profound and amazing show i said i wasn't gonna be the full sell i'm not you should just it's like six episodes long if you have hbo max to watch like fucking wonder woman like you should this is a better use of your time i'm just gonna say it. it's a better use of your time than watching any yes it like is dc shit or um cycling through any other hbo or cartoon network show you've seen a billion times like watch this new thing
1: i was gonna say actually so i watched the first four episodes of it all at once because I was a little behind and um, I was very stoned as you are when you watch this show and um, I will say that Kyle scene confused me immensely and I if you watch the show I think you will understand why because it it is all real stuff real things that have happened but I watched that and I was like this has to be staged there is no way that actor, icon, legend Kyle McLaughlin was standing in the New York subway in that amazing lavender sweater, just swiping that Metro card over and over again. But he was. That's real life.
0: It's real life. It's amazing. Um, Ashley, tell me about the anime that you have been watching.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, a real journey that I've been on uh, this year in quarantine. You and Jim I Belushi. Finished me and Jim Belushi, uh, I finished my fourth watch of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, with my roommate this time, which was a journey. Um, and after I completed, you know, watching an hour and a half long YouTube video about um End of Ava, which did make it onto my top 100 movies list, uh, my roommate wanted to watch this uh, anime called, the the full name is longer, but it, you can call it Madoka Magica, um, and it is, I, w- it's basically, like, the Evangelion take on the magical girl anime genre, so if you've seen Sailor Moon, um, it's, it's that genre, but with, like, real stakes, and, um, There are only 12 episodes. It's very, like, heightened femininity, very, like, cutesy, but there are these real stakes involved, and it's also set in this world where the characters who are participating in this and who are becoming, you know, magical girls are also, you know, consuming, you know, magical girl anime and manga and have this set of expectations that comes from the genre at large um it's definitely it's a very like big story in the same way that Ava is but it's done in 12 episodes and it's also very sapphic so something for the whole family
0: (laughs) the entire family yeah or at least at least your household (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) that's what I meant (laughs) but um no it's it's really really good um I can't wait to watch it again uh you know not all in one sitting uh it's definitely very easy to watch all in one sitting The art is incredible um and it definitely keeps it's very well very well structured um it keeps you kind of guessing right up until the end and keeps surprising you
0: word i I still haven't even watched Ava once i I think you i haven't? tried so <laughs> I feel like when was the first time you watched it? Because I feel like the common experience for a lot of people, regardless of whether or not they consider themselves to be like big into anime still, is that they watched it all like like divixed torrents as a teen, and were like extremely fucked up by it, and then came to appreciate it on a deeper sense or like understand it more on subsequent rewatches. And I had that opportunity because my brother was big into anime and, and loved it. But because my brother was big into anime and loved shows like Ava, I basically like picked two shows that I decided I could tolerate and then didn't watch anime as a teen basically at all. Um, And have only in, in recent years been like, th- then it became a matter of like actually trying to catch up with, Fucking other culture i had missed or that you know i just simply hadn't consumed yet um so I, i've still never had my my belushi moment let's say and been like let's open the floodgates here so yeah. i you know i know it would make sense and that i would probably get a lot out of watching ava but now it's just a matter of like when's the right time like when should i do it what's the context i, mean, I... I should do it in? i don't know
1: I didn't watch it until, like, April of this year. I remember when it came to Netflix, I did see just, like, a flurry of articles of people being like, this is the greatest anime of all time, this is one of the best shows of all time, everyone should watch it, and I just wasn't, I wasn't convinced. My younger brother has gotten very into anime in the past four or five years, which is a real choice uh, when you are in your early 20s, I will say that and um definitely turned me off a little bit before that i'd only watched you know bits and pieces of sailor moon as a young gay child and um i watched the first season of death note in high school Hmm. but um yeah eventually i just saw enough people talking about how evangelion is you know one of the best shows ever and it was right on netflix and i don't think I was ready for how, um, exist, like the, I don't think I was ready for the existential depths that Ava was plumbing. Um, and I've ended up, you know, just like listening to podcasts of people talking about Ava. Um, and ultimately, like, the movie is just such a fucking masterpiece in and of itself. And I also have a lot of, like, pet. Theories about Ava and specifically about the way it represents gender. Um, And I think it's really interesting because maybe this is going to be a spoiler, but I think there are kind of like three ways to interpret the way that Ava deals with gender. And I think there's, you know, the POV that it's about a 14 year old boy who's kind of not like the other boys and he's a little sensitive and he's like learning to become a man. And I think a lot of people watched it through that lens, and then there are people who watched it and saw a queer subtext um, that I think was very specific to the original English dub, which was not widely available for many, many years. But when I watched it, I got a different picture of the way that it was handling gender and relationships, and specifically the sort of, like, fixation on women's bodies juxtaposed with this 14 year old boy who really had this level of discomfort that I don't think was I don't think was um a disguise for you know young heterosexual feelings I think that there is a reading of Ava that is about a young person realizing that they're a trans woman we can go down that road at, at a later date but i there's a lot going on i feel like i have only just understood the movie it's a very good show
0: lord well um it seems that unless things change very suddenly and you know on the time scale of checking in with this podcast that could be that could be months um uh it seems that i will have some time on my hands so maybe i should finally give it a shot uh but yeah, any, anything else we want to talk about in terms of things we've been watching or otherwise engaging with that aren't Twin Peaks before we wrap this up?
1: I mean, the only, only other thing uh, that I've been really into lately is The Holy Mountain. Uh, right. Alejandro Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain, which um it's this like 1973 movie. And I I heard a lot of people recommend it to me specifically in relation to um, Panos Cosmatos movies. And I think that visually, we totally see the references. It's a very visually interesting movie. It's very influenced by psychedelic imagery. It's very... It starts with a very disjointed, impressionistic narrative that ultimately takes you on a journey, and it's very different by the end. But I wasn't prepared for it to be so satirical and funny. It reminds me tonally a lot of um Brazil, the Terry Gilliam movie. Okay. And um it's very fun. I I, I highly recommend watching it. And um I don't know if you know this, but I just found this out. Alejandro Hodorowski also really wanted to direct Dune. And I it sounds like he was up for consideration. And um, he tells this story about how he was so, so upset that he didn't get it, and he really didn't even want to see it in theaters, and he, you know, dragged himself to see David Lynch's Dune, and he was so upset. And in the course of watching it, he realized that it was a terrible movie, and he felt great. (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh i don't know if i had heard the story about his reaction to seeing uh the the david lynch version which of course notoriously david was not happy with the theatrical release um but have you have you watched then the documentary about his his failed dune project i know i know that was getting a lot of buzz a couple years back
1: i have not um, I'm like this weekend I'm gonna watch um Hodorowski's two thousand thirteen um autobiographical, like surrealist musical drama movie, which I'm very excited about. So I'm about to go down the rabbit hole,
0: uh word. Yeah. And
1: uh, I'll I'll check back in.
0: Well, we've always said that we would eventually watch Dune and talk about it. So maybe we should do like maybe I should watch Holy Mountain. And then we can both watch Hodorowski's Dune and David Lynch's Dune, uh, the documentary and the actual feature film. And the, who knows? Maybe by the time we do that, we'll be able to watch. We'll be able to watch Dune there we go. 2021 on <laughs> HBO Max, baby. <laughs> uh,
1: oh man, did you watch Wonder Woman?
0: No, and I don't have any plans on watching it
1: my friend was like we should watch this Gal Gadot looks hot and I was like okay uh should I watch the original Wonder Woman and she was like no I fell asleep watching it so we tried to watch it and we got an hour and a half in and there was still an hour left of movie and really we were still in the exposition and some really weird Middle Eastern politics had been introduced a lot of the world building of the movie made no sense and um we didn't finish it and i can't recommend it
0: all i'll say is from what i've read about it and seen about it on twitter um hey good for pedro get that money man get that money pedro pascal
1: yeah i i've really come around on pedro pascal all of the um rumors of him walking off the set of the mandalorian just Seems like slander at this point. He seems like a very chill dude.
0: I hadn't even heard of that. And you just reminded me that since we last recorded the podcast, they wrapped up that season of the I can't I can't even. I said I wouldn't tweet about the ending oh, of that season. No. I said I wouldn't talk about it anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> we need to we need to pull the ripcord and get out of here soon. Um
1: Yeah, abort.
0: <laughs> abort. Here, I'll cha- I'll I'll abruptly change topics and then we'll 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 get back on it. After you watch your Hodorowski uh, feature and maybe we both watch the feature about his failed Dune project you gotta watch the uh, the current extant episodes I think they're gonna do one more but the uh, the Hades documentary uh, made by Noclip yes. which is a game documentary channel run by Danny O'Dwyer who I've had the privilege of talking to a couple times for a couple different pieces it's very good and again if you're skeptical of video games and aren't super into them or don't really get you know why we would talk about them at length just watch any good documentary about how games are made and you'll be like holy shit like how do these how do these things ever get put together how does how do how do you put a fucking super mario brothers game together even with like hey just go save the princess like it's truly mind-boggling so that's why i wrote about it professionally for a time And on that note, I'm Matthew Olson. You can follow me on Twitter. (laughs) At Matthew Olson. I don't have anything else to plug. I have been on a couple recent episodes of uh, US Gamers podcast, which is now uh, the podcast of uh, former editor-in-chief Cat Bailey and uh, co-host Nadia Oxford, Acts of the Blood God. They talk about role-playing games and I was on a couple episodes to close out its run as a US Gamer podcast, and now it is its own Patreon podcast. So, if you are listening to this and you do like video games like Final Fantasy, or Fallout New Vegas, or Chrono Trigger—I don't know—I was just those are the first three that come to mind. If you like role-playing games, go go check that out. Um, and if you want to hear me talk more about my games of the year uh you can find that on one of those us gamer episodes so yeah check it out ashley where can people find you
1: um i'm ashley brant on most platforms unless one of the other ashley brant's has beaten me to it um yeah you can find me in all of those places i did finish watching my top 100 movies on letterboxd And apparently now I'm just rewatching the holy mountain. So let's see what comes next.
0: Well, great. This has been twin peaks peaks as always with these episodes. We'll check in when we check in, uh, please everyone listening, stay safe. And, uh, if you do see any, uh, any rumblings about wisteria or unrecorded night, you know, uh, if you DM, the show's twitter account at twin peaks peaks i think one of us will stand a good chance of seeing it so you know um hit us up i guess uh with that said ashley if you would do the honors
1: don't forget to brush your teeth harriet